Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. It's a very interesting thing to ponder. It's a whole other thing to even uh, bring up to Jesus about this Galilean blood that Pilate had mixed with the sacrifice. I wonder what was behind this proclamation. Why they even brought it up to Jesus? And who were these people? Well, at first blush, you have to think that uh, they were trying to entice Jesus into a rebellious anger against the occupation of the Romans. I mean, that's why you would bring Pilate um, into the fray. It's probably the case that they saw many of the followers of Jesus and thought, wow, this, these could be really good um, people to help us with this revolt. So let's entice Jesus to anger by telling him about the time when Pilate mixed Galilean blood with the sacrificial blood of the animals. They expected Jesus to rage with anger against what the Romans had done and maybe take his followers and, and lead an uprising to overthrow the, the Roman occupation. Jesus, as is his nature, uh, being the Son of God, goes in a different direction. He says to them, Do you think that these Galileans were worse sinners than all the others because they suffered this way? That's not really what we were bringing it up for, Jesus. We, we kind of wanted you to go in a different direction than, than maybe that. But Jesus goes to, to sin. And that is the reality for us as human beings. Um, we love to, to categorize and and rank sin, don't we? Yeah, we love to say, well, this sin is worse than this one. And then in our world, and it's a world that really, really we create, it's a theology that we create. It's not a, a godly theology, but we say that, well, this person will suffer this way because of this certain sin that they have committed. Oh, we do it all the time. We love to rank sin. And Jesus brings that up. Do you think that one sinner is worse than another because of the way that they um, suffer, because the outcome of their lives is, is such a way? That's no, not it at all. Let me ask you this. How many sins does it take for God to start condemning Like, How many sins before God condemns a person to hell? How many sins does it take before God says, that's it, I've had enough to hell with you? Is it a hundred? A hundred actual sins? Maybe it's a thousand. For me, it's definitely several million. No, it's one. It's one sin. And it's not even a, an actual sin. Original sin is enough for God to condemn to hell. In His righteous anger. And the message today is very clear when Jesus says, you all repent, or the same thing will happen to you. You will likewise perish. That's the message today. As we approach this third Sunday in Lent, and we're kind of halfway through the season, it's appropriate for us to hear these words, repent, repent, for the kingdom of God is near. Now repent of what, pastor? 
Repent of your sin. Your sin, the actual sin. I asked a minute ago, um, how many sins does it take? How many sins today? How many sins in the past hour? How many sins in the past 15, 20 minutes? I mean, we are by nature sinful and unclean. We just confessed it. We make up ways to sin. Don't we? If you're like me, you premeditate this stuff. You premeditate. You actually plan it out. You plan out your sin and your rebellion against God. And then we stand here in the midst of, of this word of judgment from Jesus about our sinfulness, and there's no way we can bear it. There's no way that we can bear the righteous indignation of God Almighty. Jesus comes. He's heading right now, as we hear these words of His, to the cross. He's going there to suffer and to die so that He might bring about the forgiveness of sins. You see, the people were worried about the blood, that, the Galilean blood that was mixed with the blood of sacrifice. None of that blood makes a difference. It doesn't make a hill of beans, that blood. The blood that is about to be shed is going to be for the forgiveness of sins. His blood. Jesus' blood. Shed on the cross for you and for me, that saves. That blood causes and brings salvation. This is the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, that our sins are now not withholding us from a relationship with God and from an everlasting presence with Him in heaven. Jesus procures this by His death on the cross and by His blood shed for you. And for me. So let's go back now to this command of Jesus. Repent. Repent. You see, the very word spoken by Jesus has the ability to cause the thing that He desires. When the Word of God comes to you and says, repent, that Word of God with the Holy Spirit, causes the very thing that it desires. It causes us to put aside those, that sinful nature, to put aside our actual sins, to stop thinking and, and creating and, and premeditating sin. Instead, now, through Jesus Christ and His blood on the cross, we premeditate something entirely different. By the power of the Holy Spirit. We premeditate righteousness. Not the backbiting. Not those things that cause division. You know the sins I'm talking about. The, the hatefulness. The self-seeking and self-serving nature. The, the sinful nature that says, what have you done for me lately? But instead, this new repentant heart that says, what can I do for you now? 
How can I serve you? How can I serve church? How can I do and speak in ways that bring this church together rather than doing and saying things that cause it to separate and put it asunder? You see, the Word of God moves us to righteousness. That's what it means to repent. It means to put aside and put away and put behind us that old sinful life and to take on now this new sinful life that we don't even take on ourselves. It is God putting it upon us and clothing us with it, clothing us with the baptism, with the righteousness of Jesus Christ. So now we don't live in that old way, but we live in this new way of righteousness where we actually premeditate and make up ways to follow and, and to be and to, and to follow in the righteousness of our Lord Jesus Christ. He leads us down these paths. When we keep the Eighth Commandment and put the best construction on every situation, this is Jesus leading us. This is Jesus causing in us true repentance. Our care and concern is not about ourselves anymore. And if we look at the parable that Jesus taught, and we'll end here, the parable is about a fig tree that a gardener had planted. Now, this fig tree is probably about seven years old because you don't even go looking for fruit on the tree until it's probably about three or four years old. And then for the next three years, the, the owner of the tree comes, the owner of the garden comes, and he finds no fruit on this tree. So cut it down. There's no reason for this tree to be taking up soil. Now, the vine dresser, this is the one who actually cares for the tree. This is the one who has been cultivating the tree. He's probably more frustrated than the owner himself. And he says, let me have one more chance. Let this tree have one more chance. Let me cultivate around its base. Let me put manure on it. And if it doesn't bear fruit next year, then fine, cut it down. And if it does bear fruit, then fine. What fruit have you been bearing? Have you been bearing fruit of sin? The fruit of death and the fruit of the power of the devil? You see, this Lent we come and we come to the realize, to come to realize that that has been some of the fruit that we have been, been providing, that we have been giving as a tree of sin. But now on the tree of the cross of Jesus Christ, we have the forgiveness of that sin. And we have this call to repentance. So now our fruit is not that old fruit that we used to bear, but our fruit is the fruit of righteousness, the fruit of the very Holy Spirit that dwells within us. Patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control, love. This is the fruit that we, we, that we bear now in repentance. Because we have been cultivated like the tree in the parable cultivated with the very blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And now we go out and we bear His fruit. Amen. There's peace. It passes our ability to understand. May it guard your hearts and your minds always and ever focused on your Lord and your Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.